This morning's scripture reading will be from the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Isaiah 6, 1 through 3. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Good morning and welcome again to our worship service. We're grateful for your presence. If you are visiting, as always, we encourage you to come back and be with us at every opportunity that you have. We want to encourage anyone who is present today that is not a member here and is looking for a church home to please consider the work here. I know that the elders would be more than happy to meet with you and talk to you and to discuss with you the opportunities for service in this congregation. We're going to be looking today at Isaiah chapter 6, and I want us to note specifically verses 1 through 8 in our study. We want to think about the theme, people ready to serve. And really one of the earmarks of Christianity is service. Jesus himself came to serve the human family, according to Matthew and Matthew chapter 20. Verse 28, he said, The Son of Man came not to be served, but rather to serve. And so, as you and I think about what Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8, we're going to be thinking about what it means to prepare to serve the Lord. And I want you to look with me very carefully at these verses this morning. I do want to mention our gospel meeting that is only a couple of weeks away before we begin. We want to encourage everyone to make plans to be present for every service. We want to be praying that our meeting will be a success. We, we are going to have uh, a large number of students from the Memphis School of Preaching coming to Canvas, the neighborhood. We want to be praying for them in their efforts as well as Brother Keith Mosier as he preaches. And so please be thinking about who those you might invite, we want to encourage our friends and our neighbors to come and to be a part of this great meeting. All right, let's look at Isaiah chapter 6 as we think for just a moment or two about the theme, prepared to serve the Lord. In chapter 6, we find there are some statements made by Isaiah concerning a being that he saw on a throne. I believe that that being was the second member of the Godhead. And you can read of that in John chapter 12 at verse 41 when John speaks of Isaiah seeing the glory of the Lord and thus speaking about that. But in chapter 6 we have, I think, a very beautiful portrait of the Lord sitting upon his throne. And Isaiah, seeing this divine being on a throne, responds in a very positive way to service. I'm convinced that you and I will become more deeply committed to service in the kingdom of God if we can see the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. 
The first thing I want to call your attention to in our study today is the need to look upward. Because basically that's what Isaiah did. Isaiah looked upward to God. And in verses 1 through 3, we think about the majesty of Almighty God. The psalmist said in Psalm 93 that the Lord is clothed with majesty. Note, if you would, what is said in verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. One cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. What did Isaiah see when he looked upward? Well, he saw the glory of God, the majesty of Almighty God. I think about the glory of God and how the glory of God was present in the tabernacle and in the temple. Today, God's glory exists in the church. As a matter of fact, you and I exist for the purpose of bringing honor and glory to God. In Ephesians 3, verse 21, Paul said, Unto him be glory in the church through Jesus Christ throughout all ages. And so God is glorified today in the church, and we exist to bring him honor and glory. But Isaiah saw the majesty, the glory of Almighty God. There are two things that I think come to mind in looking to these verses. First of all, we think about how God is high and lifted up. Now, as Isaiah that said over in chapter 55, speaking of God, my ways are not your ways. Neither are your ways my ways. He said, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. We're talking about a being who is indeed high and lifted up. The Bible speaks of how the Lord reigns. He is a sovereign being. He is over all things. And so in Psalm 99 verse 1, the psalmist simply said, The Lord reigneth. God is over all. One of the, one of the things about worship is when we come to corporate Worship, we have the opportunity to bow in the presence of Almighty God. We have the, the privilege of seeing God high and lifted up. The psalmist said in Psalm 95, 6, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. We need to see God high and lifted up when we come together to worship the Lord. Jesus talked about how we are to worship God in spirit and in truth. And one of the characteristics of True worship is worshiping God with the right attitude, in spirit, where the, the heart and the mind is attuned to what's taking place, to what's going on. We are literally offering God the fruit of our lips. We're giving God that which He is rightfully due. We are paying Him homage. The word worship means acts of reverence paid to deity. And so worship affords us the opportunity to bow in the presence of the one who is high and lifted up. But then there's a second thing we see in these verses. Not only is he high and lifted up, but he is said to be holy. The Bible says that one of the seraphim cried, and seraphim were simply angelic beings, or they are angelic beings. They are a class of angels. But note what the cry was. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord 
of hosts. God is a holy being. He is absolutely pure and holy. The psalmist encourages in Psalm 99 at verse 9, exalt the Lord our God, worship at his holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy. When Peter wrote to New Testament Christians in the first century, he said we are to be holy, and the reason is because God himself is holy. God is a holy being, and as a holy being, he is unlike his creation. But he calls upon us as his creation to demonstrate lives of holiness. Now note also what he says in the latter part of verse 3. Not only is God holy, but he said the whole earth is full of his glory. Have you ever paused to think that the world in which you and I live is a reflection of the glory of Almighty God? We talk about the majesty of God and the glory of God. The psalmist said in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God, the firmament showeth his handiwork. The world is evidence of an almighty God and of his great glory. And so first of all, there is the need to look upward. But then secondly, the need to look inward. When we talk about looking inward, we're talking about the importance of reflecting on who we really are. I want you to think with me about what Isaiah said now beginning in verse 4. In verse 4, the post of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am undone. When we think about the man Isaiah, a couple of points come to mind. First of all, his evaluation. In light of seeing God high and lifted up, in view of the fact that this is a holy being, as John said in John chapter 12, Isaiah saw his glory. When Isaiah saw the glory and the majesty of God, his response in the long ago, Woe is me. I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. When you and I stand in the presence of God, we realize our frailties. It is only when we stand in the presence of God and look at Him as He really is that we can see ourselves in our true light. Isaiah said, woe is me, I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. Think about how difficult it is to control the human tongue. James talks about if any man stumbles not in word, he is a perfect, a mature man. And James chapter 3 also said that the tongue is a little member that boasts great things. The tongue is a very difficult member of the human body to control. Isaiah, in reflecting upon the greatness of God and the glory of God, realizes the Lord's superiority and his own sinfulness. 
And so his evaluation, I really believe that when we come to worship, when we come to bow in the presence of Almighty God, we need to, we need to think about who we are and what we are. We need to understand that we are in the presence of Jehovah God and that we are sinful creatures, always in need of the blood of Christ. Isaiah was a prophet who pointed to the coming of the Messiah. In a very vivid way, he pinpoints the coming of Jesus, the one who would give his life for our sins. But note not just his evaluation, but also his liberation. First of all, he speaks of the fact that he is unclean, his cry but then his cleansing. The Bible says in verse 6 that one of the seraphim flew to him, having in his hand a coal, a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. He touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Isaiah enjoyed cleansing from Almighty God. Some would say that this occurred on the great day of atonement. The great day of atonement, you can read about that in Leviticus chapter 16. It was a very special day in the history of the Israelite people. Two goats were taken. The high priest would, would slay one, and as a result of slaying that goat, blood would be shed. And then he would take his hands and place them on the head of another goat, a scapegoat. And on that goat, he would confess the sins of the people, and then they would take that goat out and lead it into the wilderness, signifying a removal of the sins of the people. Well, Jesus accomplished both of those tasks in his work on the cross of Calvary. He shed his blood in death, John 19:34, and he and through his death, he removed our sins. You and I, we. Once we enjoy the purging or the cleansing from the blood of Christ, we never again face those sins. The Hebrew writer said in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. And so Isaiah, he enjoyed cleansing, pardon, if you please. And so he looked, first of all, upward, and then secondly, inward, but then thirdly, the need to look outward. As we think about the need to look outward, let me call your attention, if I could, to verse 8. In verse 8, the first thing that we have is a message from God. Now, again, think about what Isaiah has seen. He has seen the glory of God, high and lifted up. He has reflected upon his own imperfections and sins. He has been cleansed. And now this message from God. He said, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? We talk about the plurality of the Godhead. And I think here is a reflection of the, plur of the plurality of the Godhead. 
God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, the Holy Spirit. And God said, who will go for us? Let me just pause here and ask this question. Are you available for service in the kingdom of God? How available are you for service in the kingdom of God? You see, God asked the question, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? We think about help wanted signs. Sometimes it's not uncommon to pick up the newspaper and to read the help wanted section and people are advertising work for interested individuals. Sometimes you can go into a particular business and maybe on the front of their business they'll have help wanted. God here is saying help wanted. I wonder how many of us are available for service in the kingdom of God. Now just think for a moment. Isaiah saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. He saw the holiness of God. He saw the glory of Almighty God. In light of all of that, he was ready to serve. He was now prepared for service. His sins had been removed. What about us? When we come to worship, we're bowing in the presence of God. When we leave, though, we leave to what? We leave to service. But in order for us to serve, we have to first make ourselves available. Many times in the body of Christ, we fail to make ourselves available to the Lord. Now I want you to think about a second thing. First of all, we think about this message from God. But then note, if you would, the response of Isaiah the prophet in the long ago. And now we want to talk about his mission for God. The Lord said, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And he said, Here am I, send me. Service in the kingdom of God begins first and foremost with attitude. You and I, we have to have the right attitude. Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 12 said, For if there is first a willing mind, I've got to determine in my heart, in my mind, that I'm going to make myself available to the Lord for service in His kingdom. I've got to say, that's what I want to do. A lot of times we say, I want to be a Christian. I want to live the Christian life. I want all of the benefits and the blessings that go along with being a child of God. I just don't want to serve. I don't want to be available. I don't want to, I don't want to have to get my hands dirty in the kingdom of God. Isaiah said, here am I, send me, use me. God wants to use each of us. Not only does God want to use us, God can use us. But it begins with the mind, with the right attitude. We have to develop an attitude of servanthood. So first of all, we have to have the right attitude. And then, in connection to this attitude, there are two things we need. What would it take for the congregation here at Olive Branch 
to continue to grow and thrive? What's it going to take for this, this church building to be full of people? Two things. And it really begins with the right attitude. But under that heading, number one, we have to have faith. We have to have undaunted faith in Jehovah God. You see, Isaiah said in chapter 55 that God's word will not return to him void. If we do our job, God's going to do his job. Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, God gave the increase. The Hebrew writer said, it is impossible. Without faith, it's impossible to be well-pleasing to him. We have to have faith in God. We have to have faith in the Lord and faith in his word. And that faith has to translate into fire. Jeremiah, the great prophet of God in Jeremiah chapter 20, said in the long ago that God's word was like a burning fire in his heart. Is the word of God burning in your heart today? Do you have a burning heart for Jehovah God? In other words, do you have a desire to serve? We have to have the right attitude. We have to have faith, and then we have to be on fire. We have to have some fire in our bones, in our blood. And then it has to translate into action. Look again at what Isaiah said. Here am I. Send me. And God said, go and tell this people. Let me ask three questions with regard to activity. We come to worship every first day of the week. We come back on Sunday evening. We're present on Wednesday night. Some of us have the opportunity to meet together on Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. for Bible study. Question number one. Are you growing with God? Since January 1, 2008, have you grown as a child of God? Are you closer to the Lord today than you were at the beginning of the year? The Bible says, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And there is a correlation between these points or these questions. Number one, are you growing with God? Number two, are you willing to go for God? And by this I simply mean as a member of the body of Christ, are you willing to be utilized in the service of God? Jesus said, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations. Is God using you in his kingdom today in the area of evangelism, in benevolence, by way of edification? Are you being used for Almighty God? Again, think back to January 1, 2008. Over the course of this year, have you allowed God to use you in his service? And then number three. Are you glorifying God? In other words, is your life bringing honor and glory to God? Did you know that we have been created in Christ Jesus for the purpose of bringing him honor and glory? Isaiah said, here am I, send me. 
I really believe that Isaiah had the right attitude and that attitude translated into action. Now, if you can't answer yes to the questions we posed, my recommendation would be to make some changes. Determine right now, I'm going to begin growing closer to God. I'm going to, to use my life in His service in a greater way. I'm, I'm going to be willing to go on His behalf, to do His will. And then, thirdly, everything that I do, everything that I say, whatever I'm about, it's for the purpose of bringing honor and glory to Jehovah God. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. What about you today? How prepared are you for service in the kingdom of God? When we come face to face with God in worship and realize who He is and what, we, and what He is, and then we reflect upon what we are, we sense the need to serve Him. God has cleansed us, pardoned us, and now He wants to use us as a vessel for His good and His glory. If you're here today and you're not a member of the body of Christ, I plead to you, come to Jesus Christ. Come to Him now. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. If you believe Jesus to be the Son of God, you would be willing to repent of your sins as they did on Pentecost Day, confess His name before others, and be baptized into Christ. You can enjoy the remission, the forgiveness of your sins. Acts 2, verse 38. God will then add you to the church. Acts 2, 47. And then you can begin faithfully serving in His kingdom. If you're here today, maybe you're not serving the Lord as you should. Maybe you're not being used by Him for good in His kingdom. Why not make the decision this hour to become more faithful in your service to Him? If we can pray with you and for you, we will be happy to do that as we stand and sing.